Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. Anytime you're in the Huntsville area, we hope you'll stop in and be part of our worship. Sunday morning worship is at 9 o'clock, with Bible class immediately following. Sunday evening worship is at 5. Midweek Bible study is held Wednesdays at 7. The very first thing I need to say is, and he'll kill me for this, but thank you, Tom Collier, for doing my PowerPoint. This is the only PowerPoint you're going to get. Sorry about that. So bring your Bibles from now on. You need your Bible tonight, by the way, but it will be a good PowerPoint because Tom worked on it hard. Thank you for being here. And all of you whom I can't see out there, thank you for joining us. I look forward to studying with you four nights, and I hope you're here every night. Please do. Jericho's army versus Yahweh's army. I assume that you know Yahweh is the name of God. The word Jehovah in some of your Bibles is from Yahweh, and Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, in all of your Bibles, regular Bibles, is is from Yahweh. And uh, that is the name of the Hebrew God. That's the name of our God. That's the name of the Creator God. And uh, so I used his name here. <clears throat> this is an exciting lesson for me. I hope it is for you. But I have to go back in slide two and talk about Abraham just a little bit. Turn over to slide two and let's start. God made a promise to Abraham way back in the book of Genesis. He says in Genesis fifteen eighteen, this is after he has uh, showed him that he meant what he was saying and God would prove what he was saying. On the same day, the Lord, see that's, uh, if you're looking at your Bible, L-O-R-D, capitals, Yahweh made a covenant with Abram saying, to your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Now the part you see there of course, it's Palestine down near the bottom, goes on up to the Euphrates River. The southern part of that, that little wavy line that goes from the Gulf of Aqaba out to the uh, sea is uh, a wadi. That's a current, that's a river that forms in the, in the, in the uh, delta there. And uh, in, in uh, wet weather, it is very big. And uh, that's the Wadi El Arish. That's the river of Egypt. Sometimes the river of Egypt is the Nile River, but not this case. This is the lower part of the boundary God is giving Abraham up to the Euphrates River. And for you Alabama people, that is about the size of the state of Alabama. If you had it formed right, that's just about what it amounts to. Okay, uh, again, uh, here's what Joshua is going to do. Moses is dead, and Joshua is going to go across at Jericho and uh, go to the next slide. And he is going to cross the Jordan River at Jericho, and he's going to take that Canaan land, which is a part of what you saw a while ago. Then we need to remember that he comes across there from Mount Sinai. He's been in the desert now for 38 years and uh, crosses there. Jericho is his first problem. Jericho is not a large city. It is a small city. 
It has a population, we don't know, not over 10,000 soldiers in that land, but uh, it is a, only a few acres. And uh, the Lord commands Joshua to be strong. Next slide. He said in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9, Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I want to emphasize that Jericho is a small town. Israel is a large group of people, but Jericho cannot be taken. Now put that on a nail and hold it there a minute. Jericho is a strong, strong city. You're going to see its walls after a while, and you're going to say, nobody can take that city. But of course, we'll see what happens. The Lord prepares Joshua to take the land. Uh, Joshua 1.11, pass through the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go and possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. They're still on the west side of the Jordan, the east side of the Jordan River. They haven't come over yet. The people responded, Joshua, and I love this. Joshua 1, 17, just as we heeded Moses in all things, we will heed you. Only the Lord your God will be with you as he was with Moses. Whoever rebels against your commands and does not heed your words in all that you, you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and of good courage. That is what Joshua's people said to him. Joshua said, here's our plan. We're going in and take Jericho, and they agree with that, and they say, we're with you. And I love it. I love what they said. Joshua then sent spies into Jericho, as you know, and then Rahab hides the spies to protect them, and she does protect them, incidentally. And let's take a look at this woman, Rahab. I don't know where I got that picture, but she looks like she is willing to protect the men. Joshua chapter 2, verse 11, beginning, I want to read verbatim what Rahab said to them. They go to the, they go to the city. They go inside. Josh, uh, Rahab is a prostitute. She runs a house of ill repute. And uh, they go there for safety. And she takes care of them by hiding them. Here in Joshua 2, 11, she tells why she did it. As soon as we heard these things, our hearts melted. Neither did there remain any more courage in anyone because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven, above, and on earth beneath. Now therefore I beg you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have shown you kindness, that you will also know, show kindness to my father's house, and give me a true token, and spare my father, my mother, my brothers, my sisters, and all that they have, and deliver our lives from death." So the men answered her, Our lives for yours. If none of you tell this business of ours, and it shall be, the Lord has given us this land, and we will deal kindly and truly with you. I love the agreement that was made here. She was necessary for their welfare. God used her to protect them from the men who would have killed them because they suspected, they knew that Joshua was over there. He wanted to cross the Jordan River. They had heard, as Rahab said, all these things about them. They knew God had opened the Red Sea for them. They knew that God had delivered them from Egypt. They knew God had overcome the Egyptians for them. And now look what they've got. 
these people of Jericho are looking straight in the face of somebody that is far, far greater than they ever expected. So I'm sure you've never heard this story, so I'll tell you. Rahab let the man down with a rope through the window, and they told her that she should put a red cord down that window, down that wall, so they would know which house not to take when they came onto the property. Let's go over here to uh, the next slide now. This is quite interesting. That is the city of Jericho, an artist's depiction of it. This is a tell. I'm not an archaeologist. I know something about archaeology. I have to because <clears throat> I'm a preacher. But there, there's a lot of places in Israel, and I've been there, that are hills. And on top of the hill sometimes there's a village. But underneath that hill, there are a lot of villages. There are villages beneath Jericho. There's Jericho and Jericho and Jericho and Jericho and Jericho. You say, why? Well, because a city is planted, and then somebody comes in and takes the city. They build on top of it. They scatter all the rocks and everything and level it off. They build on top of it. Somebody comes in and takes that. They build on top of it. They build on top of it. They build on top of it. And finally, there's a hill there, and it's called a tell. Have you ever heard of the city Tel Aviv? Of course you have. That's the city of green. It is a tell. Aviv means green. In the King James Version, it would be a bib, but it's really A-V-I-V, as it's, it is on the news. And that's a tell also. Many, many tells in that area. When the archaeologists go in to examine tells, they'll select a, they'll select a section of uh, property. They won't do the whole thing. And they'll sink a, uh, they'll start digging, maybe in a 20 by 50 plot, and they dig very carefully. And they use paint brushes or whatever, rakes. They get very careful when they come down to bones, pottery and so forth, and they dig down to uh, the bottom of whatever. They go through all these cities that have been there. And they can tell who lived there, uh, roughly the year they lived there and so forth. The reason they don't do the whole thing is because 50 years from now, this discovery that's made in this particular hole that they've done in this tale, the same thing is over here that hasn't been touched. 50 years from now, a lot more understanding of this thing. They'll dig over here and find out more than they found right here, even though the same evidence is there. That must be exciting. I love it. Love the idea. Uh, I had never dug a tell and don't want to, but I, I like to read about it. This, uh, this building, uh, this uh, town that was there had an outer wall, as you see, and then it had an inner wall up higher than the outer wall. This, these, uh, this, this building had thick rock walls around it, and then on top of the rock walls, there was a mud brick wall. Don't let that trick you, because it's not a mud brick wall that will crackle and and uh, all that kind of stuff. It's, it cannot be shattered. It is baked bricks. It's very powerful. It stands, stands very well. The stone wall uh, is six feet thick and 12 to 15 feet high. The mud brick wall is six feet thick and 20 feet high. So you have a brick wall here, block wall, uh, rock wall, and then you have the block wall on top of it, 20 feet high. So this place didn't intend to be taken. The inner wall has a brick wall, six feet thick. That is a stone wall, 
excuse me, has a stone wall, then it has the brick wall 26 feet thick and, and 20 feet high. Let's take a look at the next slide, and I'll show you what's happening here. This is a section of what you just saw. It's an artist's conception of it. But look at the men down on the right, how small they are. Look at the rock wall and then the brick wall on top. And then as you go past that, go to your left, you see another rock wall, brick wall up there. There's a rock wall under that. It is impossible, and I keep saying this for a reason, it is impossible to take Jericho. I don't care if they don't have but 10,000 soldiers up there. You can't take Jericho. The battering rams won't do it. Try getting a ladder that long. Uh Uh-uh. How would you break through that brick wall up there? Just impossible. Can't do it. Jericho cannot be taken. But God said that he had given that to them. Wow. This this is very, very interesting. Go to the uh, next slide, please. The spies have finished their work, <clears throat> and then they go back and report. And uh, Joshua chapter 3, verse 16 says that, I want to read that passage. If you're there with me, you can read it if you want to. The Jordan stopped flowing. The waters that came down from upstream stood still. I want to stop right here and say this. The Jordan River is not a big river. Uh, in fact... <laughs> There was a debate years ago, I just have to tell this, of a uh, preacher who did not believe it took much water to baptize anybody. He said, you can't even get immersed in the Jordan River because, uh, he said, a man with uh, a man can take his foot and stop it up. Well, the uh, other preacher said, well, I, I have been there, and I, w- I paid a lot of money to go over there on a boat and uh, see the Jordan River, but I'd pay a lot more money to see a man with a foot that big. Well... It, it was a big creek most of the time, but this is flooded stage. And in flooded stage, it was many. It was a long way across. Some In some places, a tenth of a mile across. So uh, waters do rush from there. Okay, the waters which were upstream stood still, rose in a heap very far away at Adam. Adam was 15 miles north of where they crossed. The city beside Zaratan... So the waters that went down to the Sea of Arabah, that's the Dead Sea, the Salt Sea, failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. You'll remember that God put the priests in front with the Ark of the Covenant, and he said, okay, march. Joshua gave the orders to march, and the priests started marching, and when the soles of their foot, feet touched the water, the water stopped. Now, God did the timing. I didn't do the timing on that, but God did the timing. Some people say, well, there was an earthquake up at Adam and, and it, it closed the river. Maybe so, because there were a lot of earthquakes in the area. I don't know how it did it, but it did it. And the river ran dry and they crossed over on dry ground. Okay, uh, I love, one of my favorite passages is, uh, Joshua 55 verses 13 through 15. I can imagine Joshua. As he knows what Jericho is like, he's learned now what it is, and he's saying, how am I going to take that place? How can I do that without getting a number of my men killed? I've got many men, I don't want to get them killed, but God told me to take it and I will. So he goes out to think about this and gets near Jericho, and is probably looking on it in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. It came to pass 
when Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. Joshua went to him, and he said, Are you for us or for our adversaries? I love this. And the man said, No. That's not a yes or no question. Are you for us or our adversaries? You know, men sort of size up each other when they're meeting for the first time. You know the reason we shake hands? You know the reason two men shake hands? It shows they're not armed. I don't have a knife in my hand. I don't have a a gun in my hand. I shake hands with you. So neither one of us are armed, but we're still trying to figure out who's the biggest. Still trying to figure out who's going to get ahead. We're still trying to find out who's the best football player. I always win that one, of course. Try to find out who's the fastest, the smartest, and so forth. So Joshua sees a man that looks like a commander of an army, has a sword drawn. And he said, are you for us or for them? He said, no. But as commander of the army of the Lord, commander of the army of Yahweh, I have now come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth. Listen, folks, we do not worship men. God never allows anybody to worship a man. This was, this was a man. This was a form of a man in the flesh. It was the second person of Godhead who came to Mary's womb and was born Jesus. It's who this man was. He fell on his face and worshiped him. Said, what does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, take off your sandal off your feet, off your foot, for the place you stand is holy ground. And Joshua did so. You see, he's showing who he is. You know, when that happened in another place, in fact, he just says foot here, but he spoke to Moses a few years earlier, said, take your sandals off your feet. The ground you stand on is holy ground. Same thing here. Joshua did so. And then Yahweh, and that is Yahweh there, that is God, <coughs> he gives orders to Joshua. Yahweh said to Joshua in Joshua 6, 2, See, I have given Jericho into your hand. Well, that's easy for you to say. I'm looking at it. I see these walls. I see the rock wall. I see the, I see the block walls. I, I don't know how we're going to do it, but I know you have a way. And I'm listening. Okay. It's King and the, uh, mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horns, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, <coughs> that all the people shall shout with a great shout, then the walls of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. (laughs) This is amazing. 
It is amazing because it doesn't make any sense at all. This doesn't make any sense at all. This is not reasonable. No man in his right mind would have come up with this idea. If Joshua had ever gone out and said, Men, I, I have, I, I, I've been thinking about something and here's what I want us to do. And he gives this order, they would have thought he was absolutely crazy. And you know they would have. But I've had people tell me, well, you know, it was a lot of noise and all that kind. The vibrations of that just knocked those walls down. Are you crazy? I do have training in physics. That won't work. I know your voice can break a glass. I've seen it done. I've seen musical instruments break a glass. But I've never seen them knock a wall down. It ain't going to happen. You know, God has done some things that are are just totally unreasonable from man's standpoint. You know that army, was it Gideon that raised that big army of 30,000 men? He said, yeah, I think I can do that, God. I, I can raise that army. God said, too many men. Well, what do you want me to do? Tell all the cowards to go home. And he dropped down to about 10,000 men. Well, that's still too many. God whittled that army down to 300. He started with 3,200, I believe. Gets down to 300. And God said, now you can do it. What did Gideon have to think? He had to think, if this is done, God's going to have to do it. What did God want? That's what he wanted. He wanted them to understand that it's his doing, not theirs, not their power. And I know he sent a man to ordain or to anoint king of Israel. He looked through all of the boys in Jesse's family and no, not this one, not this one, not this one, God said. Then another one, yeah, we got a little run out in the field. Uh, he'll be home after a while. And here comes David, a little lad. He was a shepherd. Anybody can be a shepherd. God said, that's the man. Shocking. <clears throat> I want to tell you something that's yeah, that might work. I don't know. It might choke me to death. Thank you. You're a good man. I don't care what they say about you. <laughs> God gave some commandments that are just not reasonable. Oh, yeah. He told us to believe. That's very reasonable. Told us to turn away from sin. That's very reasonable. Turn to him. Confess him. I understand all that. But then he said, I want you to be dipped under water. You want us to what? Be dipped under water. Why? For the remission of sins. 
I don't understand that. I had one man to tell me I have a lot of faith in God. I believe everything Jesus said. I was in a Bible study with him. I'll do anything Jesus wants me to. I had him to read, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He said, That's crazy. I don't believe that. Failed to test. I'm convinced that God did things like that in order to test us. Do we really believe? I'm so sorry that men stumble at baptism, stumble at many other things. It doesn't make sense. But that's what God said do. That's what we do. It works. It will work. It does work. So here is a, here, here are the orders that Joshua has. And then in Joshua 6.18, God warns them to abstain from the accursed things, but all the gold, silver, bronze, iron, and are concentrated, consecrated to the Lord. The accursed things are things that are going to be destroyed. You know what's going to be destroyed? All the men, all the women, all the children, all the animals, all the houses, burn the city, but the gold or the silver, precious metals, they go into my treasury. God, that's not fair. What do you mean that's not fair? You're going to kill the children? You're going to kill the women? You're going to kill the men? Not just the son. I'm going to kill all of them. Service and everything. But we can't tell God what's not fair. He's God and we're not. And if I learn anything from Bible study, I must learn that. He had a reason. But now, I have a problem here. <clears throat> I have a problem with taking this city because... The uh, rock walls didn't fall. The mud brick walls fell when it happened. The rock walls did not fall. How do they get over the rock walls? Let's look at slide number nine. This may be hard to understand, but I want to explain it to you anyway. The red, the red uh, part there, represent the brick walls that crumbled and went down in front of the uh, rock walls. The priests in Joshua 6.20 blew the trumpets. The people shouted with a great shout and the walls, well, right there is, have a blank. What goes there? Well, here's the translations. Fell down, fell down flat, collapsed, falleth under it, fell down under it, forthwith fell down, fell round about. And it was not until last century that we knew how to translate that. Because see, the Hebrew language is very difficult to translate. We knew that it meant they fell. 
but it was stronger than that. Let's suppose that I tell you that I have a friend who purchased a pet at a pet shop. It was a furry, beautiful furry animal, black and white, and he brought it home with him. He loved his pet. Well, he got a dog. No, 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 he didn't either. Didn't I describe a dog? Might have, but he wasn't a dog. Got a cat. No, it wasn't a cat. What was it? It was a skunk. Defumigated, of course. Now, how would you know that? Only because you knew him. The furry animal, the black and white animal, black and white furry pet, you don't know what it is until you see it. We're going to have that problem again when we get to Jonah, but I won't get into it right now. But here's the whole point. We thought, when I say we, I'm not a scholar. I didn't translate the Bible. But the translators thought that this meant the walls fell down flat. Well, they didn't. They fell down beneath themselves, is what it literally says. They fell down not flat. Beneath, why did they do that? Because the soldiers, the Israeli soldiers, had to go up there and take the city. They had an inclined plane built when the walls fell. And they could go in there and take the city. That's kind of easy to understand, I hope. Hope it works that way. I don't know how they could have gotten up there otherwise. Let's go to slide 10. I'm getting into something here that you need to know about that's pretty important. In the early part of uh, last century, there's a man by the name of John Garstang. He is a uh, he was a German that went into Jericho and uh, did a lot of archaeological digging, and he concluded that that place was demolished in about 1400 BC. Actually, it was 1406 B.C. is when the Israelites went in. And he had reason to believe that. And he had good evidence to believe that. But a little later, Dr. Kathleen Kenyon went in, dug in another place, dug in the poor part of town, and said, no, this is not right. This was, uh, this is not that advanced. It was 150 years earlier. And Dr. Kathleen Kenyon was highly trained, and her father was president of the British Library Society. She had clout, and scholars around the world accepted her reasoning that the Israelites could not have destroyed Jericho in 1406 because it was destroyed about 1550. It was not there. If they crossed the Jordan River in 1406, it was not there. Late last century, Brian Wood went in and he published his findings in 2008 and he said that is wrong because Dr. Kathleen Kenyon was digging in a poor part of town. I dug in another part of town and I found pottery in that part of town and he was a pottery expert. I found pottery in that part of town that dated 
into the 15th century. It was younger pottery, I should say, than what she found. I don't think that's for me. No, that's not for me. We got another hour. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I don't need another hour. But he's written a book and published it. And many conservative scholars are, of course, accepting his view, as I would. But it has still has not been accepted in the scientific circles yet. I believe it will be. I believe we'll soon prove that this place existed when the Israelites went in and Jericho actually was destroyed by the Israelites. And uh, this is uh, this is very interesting. The uh, Bible has some things about Jericho that are very important. First of all, <clears throat> let's go to slide 11. Uh, the uh, Israelites burned the city. The walls of Jericho are not burned. They've fallen down. They're not burned. And no burns on them. But the city obviously was burned. Destruction occurred in the spring. How do I know? Well, where were they? Where did Rahab hide the slaves, hide the spies under flax stalks, which are harvested in the spring? They were drying on her roof. Not only that, Complete containers of grain, the big jugs of grain, jars of grain, have been found full. Many of them, many of them there were found full. They were covered and could not be burned, but they had not been used. It had to be early after the harvest. Not only that, something else. An army goes into a place like that and destroys it. They take the grain because they eat it in the first place or use it for money to exchange. They, they would not have left grain. They would not have left it. They would have taken the grain. It's just obvious that that was the case. And then the people of the city went up and, uh, in jo- Joshua chapter 6 verse 20, Every man went straight before him and they took the city. There's the inclined plane. And then the uh, pottery in there was 15th century pottery. Or there was some 15th century. It was not 16th century pottery. And that proves that it was taken as the Bible says it was. That's the Bible account. So Yahweh's army goes in and he kills the uh, soldiers, the old men, the young men, the old women, the young women, the boys, girls, and all the animals. That's slide 12. God is not, God doesn't have to explain that to me. He doesn't have to tell me why he did that. But he did it. After all that occurred, something else happens. And you're familiar with it, of course, but there's another town here. Go to the next slide that we always call AI. That word is really pronounced I, believe it or not. But I'll still call it AI. I've done that for 80 years. I do it still. Okay. AI is a little village sitting over here, and Joshua's got to take that. And his spies come back and say, ah, no problem. Don't worry about AI. Just send a few men over there. We'll take care of it. And uh, in Joshua 7, 3, they returned to Joshua and said, do not let all the people go up, but let about two or 3,000 men go and attack AI. Do not weary all the people, for the people are few. Well, guess what happens? They get the daylight speed out of them. 
I don't know how many of them are killed, but it was a terrible failure for Israel. Joshua's on his face saying, what in the world is happening? And God said, there is sin in the camp. Now, if I gave you a final exam right now and says, uh, if you get this right, you get out of the course, and if you don't, you fail, everybody would get it right. What had happened? Somebody tell me what had happened. Nobody knows. There was a man there named Achan that took gold and silver and two garments or several Babylonian garments. I'm not sure if it's two or not. And he, uh, he just, they were gods. They belonged to God. And he hid them in his tent and he admitted that Joshua 7, 21, when I saw the spoils, among the spoils, a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver, wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels. I coveted them and took them, and there they are, hidden in the earth in the midst of my tent. The silver is under it. I I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I suppose that all of us have committed sins like that, uh, there are sins that attract some people, don't attract others. Some see something valuable, they just have to take it. Some people are kleptomaniacs. That doesn't appeal to me at all. I have other things that appeal to me that doesn't. You could lock me in a bank vault overnight with millions of dollars and say, stuff all you want to in your pocket, nobody's checking on you, I'll let you out in the morning. I wouldn't be tempted to take a dollar bill out with me. I really wouldn't. But he was. And he took it. <clears throat> what happened? He was taken down to the valley with his servants, his wives, his children, his animals. They were all killed and covered up. Not fair. God is not answerable to you or me. God knew what he was doing. Here's some lessons for us. Last slide. Christian needs to know that God is in charge. We need to agree with God. That's the reason for Bible study. Paul said, I wouldn't have known that I shouldn't covet if the law hadn't said that I should not covet. There are things that we know. We know we shouldn't steal. We know we shouldn't kill. We know we shouldn't murder. We know we shouldn't bear false witness. But there are some things we can do that aren't that bad. Coveting, for example. I see something you have I want, I can want it real bad. I can want it bad enough to skin your head for it. I might not do that, but I long for it. God said, that's a sin. Thou shalt not covet. Paul said, I wouldn't have known that if you hadn't told me. So we need to know that God's in charge, and we need to know who God is and what God expects of us. And as I said, that's the reason for Bible classes. We have Bible classes here regularly. And we need to be a mentor to somebody. Who are you influencing for Christ? Well, I can't think of you are influencing somebody. You really are. Look at the little children around here. They look up at us like, man, what kind of God is that? 
I see them look up at our elders. I see them look up at our women just in total amazement as to who we are and what we are. We need to mentor them and we need to be, we need, we, excuse me, we need to have a mentor. We need to be a mentor, but we need someone to mentor us. And I'll tell you, as I grew up, I had two or three men who mentored me that didn't know they were doing it. And one of them, for the most part, was Don McWhorter. I don't know if you know Don or not, but he was a man who taught me so many things, and he never knew I was around. But I learned to preach from Don McWhorter. We need to teach others what we know. And we need this teaches us to respect the authority of leaders. Joshua said, here's what we're going to do. And the people said, that's what we want to do. Why do you want to do that, people? Because our leader said that. We didn't argue with him. And we need to protect God's property. And it's God's property. It's not ours. How many of you, I know we don't raise hands in the Church of Christ, but you're going to raise your hand. How many of you have heard of V.P. Black? Oh, oh man, we got more than six in here have heard of V.P. V.P. was a friend of mine, a close friend of mine. What was his specialty? Anybody know what his specialty was? Stewardship. Stewardship. I got you. Giving. Brother V.P. tells a story about going into church. And he was preaching on stewardship. He never preached on anything else, I don't reckon. And he said some of the men got him as soon as he finished and called him into a classroom. One of them was crying. The other was shedding tears. said, Brother Black, we, we, have, a, uh, we have a terrible, terrible situation here that we got to handle. We don't know how to do it. He said, what's that? He said, well, he said, we've been missing some money in our, from our treasury. From the time it's taken up, we, we get it counted, and then it's counted again. Some money's missing, and we just didn't know what was wrong with it. He said, we had reliable men. And he said, one man, been in the church many, many years. He's one of our most respected guys. He's a, he had a cold a lot, and he was counting the money the second time, and, and he'd wipe his face, you know, and said he'd reach down into the uh, plate there and wad up $20 and put it in his pocket. And said he did that several times. We watched him several times. And our hearts broken. Brother Black said, well, doing that all over the brotherhood. He said, What? He said, it's happening in every church. Brother Black, I don't believe that. He said, well, it's a minor difference. Most people just take it before it gets in the plate. But it's the same thing. I like that. That's VP Black. We need to respect God's property. Well, what questions do you have? I don't normally ask that, but I'll ask that tonight because I know something about this subject. Or what comments do you have? I'll listen to you. Hmm. I messed you up or fixed you up one. James, I appreciate the statement you made a while ago. Yeah, go ahead. 
What, what are some reasons? What? Thank you. I appreciate that. What are the reasons that God would have destroyed every man, woman, and child in Jericho? I think the reason he gave was that he wanted his people there in a land that was clean and not filled with idolatry. He said, if you let them stay, they will afflict you with idolatry. And he let, they let them stay, incidentally. They didn't clean that place out. God said, if you do what I told you to, I'll take hornets and I'll run them off ahead of you. <clears throat> but he didn't do it. Thank you, James, for that question. Anything? Yes. There, there's also, and I don't remember where it is, uh, where uh, God promised uh, the land to Abraham. And he said that the people that are there, they have a time yet before they are judged to be wicked. And then the later time, that time has come. And so God destroyed them for wicked. Okay. Uh, Brother Eads says uh, God said they had a time for, uh, uh, to, uh, I don't know where it is either, but I know what you're talking about. Had a time to be judged. What? Genesis 15, 16. Genesis 15:16. Read that for me, please, Brother Eads. Uh, 15:16. Yes. We'll take ESV. It's pretty good. And they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And uh, as I recall, there is a passage later that says that their time of iniquity is complete, but I can't tell you where that is either. Okay, these people were sinful people, and God gave them opportunity to... Repent, they hadn't, so he's ready to get rid of them. That's, uh, that's his judgment. Okay, anything else? No. You're a good class. I appreciate you. There's an announcement. Oh, there's an announcement. Thought you were pointing up here. Here's an announcement. Please announce. If any adults want to go to 119, as you dismiss, they can see Nahum and Skit. Well, 119 is right out here somewhere. Thank you. Appreciate it. Anything else? Thank you for being here. Thank you for tomorrow night. We're going to be studying. Uh, I believe I have Naaman tomorrow night. Pretty sure I do, and I love Naaman. So please come back if you possibly can. Let's bow for prayer. Father, thank you for blessing us. Thank you for keeping us. Thank you for giving us example of who you are and what you expect of us. We pray through Christ. Amen. Don't run in the hall. But don't try to get that prize either. That would embarrass me if I see one of you walking around with that groundhog. <laughs> we hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word. If you would like to continue your study of New Testament Christianity, please send your name and address to World Bible School, West Huntsville Church of Christ, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 
3-5806. Or if you prefer, send your name and address by email to wbs at westhuntsville.org.